With the passing of time, those we thought familiar are lost to us, or perhaps we become lost to them. Topping the charts, this is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. I'm Nathan, and with me today is GJ and Scott. We've got a full house for you today because we're talking about the one-hit wonders of Warhammer Fantasy, those units that appeared in one book and one book only, the lost, the forgotten, and probably some that should stay that way. But before we get to that, we're going to talk some news and some hobby. If you gentlemen don't mind, I might go first because I have startlingly little of either. So I will get myself right out of the way here. After you, sir. <laughs> sure, mate. All right. Well, I am continuing work on my Archaeon's Horde for the upcoming Storm of Chaos campaign that some of us in the Orchard are doing, including the two gentlemen with me today. And I have been focusing on a couple of units over the last week. I didn't do a ton last week i had a lot going on just things starting to reopen here from the latest lockdown so seeing friends and family i haven't seen in a long mm. time made for a really fun week but not so productive hobby wise uh the most recent unit that i have finished is the chaos knight unit that i am working on and by the time you are hearing this the pictures will be up on the war games orchard I actually am only waiting on a nice dry day so that I can spray varnish them, mm -hmm. give them a little bit of a gloss going on and, and protect them because they're the old metal chaos knights from sixth oh, ed. And uh, they will chip if you so much as breathe in yep. their general direction, even from like two rooms over. It's insane. <laughs> they were chipping actively while <clears throat> I was painting them. <laughs> it's just like, why are you doing this to me? When I started playing infinity because it, they use pewter. I didn't realize all these this time that the pewter cast comes out and there's oil residue on them. So a lot of the older models, especially with those recesses, the oil gets trapped in there and it basically reflects paint. So it could be that could be one of the reasons. It could easily be that. These guys are one of the million things that I got secondhand and I've had them for a good number of years now and I, I don't think I ever really clean them or wash them i think they may have been right they may have just been dumped in a bag by someone a thousand years ago and, and never actually <laughs> and you know what i can almost guarantee that because i had to remove a lot of flash from them so right. I, I doubt anything was done with them beforehand the other thing that i am up to is i mentioned on last week's show that i am scratch building my own hell cannon because right. i just can't get a hold of one in time for the campaign and I, I don't want to be left without one because that would make me really sad <laughs> so i've sculpted myself up this wonderful little demon with a cannon for a mouth or a cannon for a tongue and he is uh coming along i finished the actual sculpt and i started painting him and he's actually probably about two-thirds the way done oh i'm excited to see that and yeah he's He's big, he's dopey, and he's wonderful. Excellent. And honestly, at this point, I, on I I really don't care if anyone else likes him because I have fallen in love with him. He is adorable. <laughs> and just the the way that his face has come out, he's just this big, happy boy 
with a cannon for a mouth and he's wonderful i Sounds he's like very nurgly yeah yeah he's very nurgly i've actually got three of the modern day nurglings that come with the uh, the plague bearer kit hmm. and they are going to be my crew they're my chaos oh, dwarf sick. crew because cool. i mean nurglings dwarfs they're both small they're basically the same thing so i'm sure no one will have a problem with that and he is uh, just, I think, maybe one of my favorite things. I wasn't so sure on him last week because I had just done the sculpt and I was like, oh, I don't know. This is so silly. Now that he's got some paint on him, he's got a little bit of personality. Oh, man, this is this is so fun. I Good. just I love him so much. And uh, I'm terrified to actually play with him because I just have feelings that he is going to be the most fragile thing in the world. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to be transporting him uh, game to oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so actually by the time this goes live, both the Chaos Knights and the Hell Cannon as it is should be up on the Orchard. So you, people can give me their opinions on that. But yeah, this has been... I, I always do this because I, I get out of the habit of like making scratch building things. And I love doing it. Mm-hmm. And... It's one of those things where it's so much easier to just paint the models that I've got or, or do other hobby things. <laughs> but every time yeah. I do it, I'm always so pleased with it, even if it's very rough. And this guy's pretty rough, but he is he is wonderfully silly, and I, I love him. You would like Mordheim for that. There's a lot of customization of mm. models in Mordheim. Yeah, it's really well. That's yeah. probably the best part of it. Well, that's going to do it for me. Uh, Scott, why don't you take us away? Sure, yeah. Um, very excited about uh, a couple things coming up. Um, the Storm of Chaos, I'm going to play uh, the Vampire Counts von Karstein, the Army of Sylvania. Really cool rules. I'm going to get to put the Karsteins on the table. And I'm not sure, I'm thinking about converting, or not even converting, just using some models I have with like bows or crossbows. Just saying that I have raised them. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. It's it's like the undead levy. Mm. There's a zombie levy. And the zombies have, like, you can equip zombies with great weapons, <laughs> which is, or it's halberds, I think. Either way, it's, like, light armor and, and halberds. Uh, yeah, okay. Some Either way, they'll strike would... last. They, that's true. Uh, I'll just make the a gigantic horde of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's really funny. Super cool, uh, fluffy rules there. I'm excited about that. Another f- interesting thing is, lately I've been... Um, Following the Age of Sigmar 3rd edition rule set, I, I didn't even realize until a couple days ago they actually released a free set of rules. So I kind of went over those. And But um, there's a couple of uh, people quite keen on this in our area. And I'm super excited. I think the influence from... I'm really excited about this new Masters of the Universe cartoon coming out. When I thought about it longer, I was like, that's kind of like Masters of the Universe and Age of Sigmar are kind of like mesh together where it's futuristic fantasy it's a different style of fantasy they're kind of connected in a way aesthetically and how they move through the universe um so i thought about that anyway i'm working on of course i have the daemons of slanesh army already but i kind of want to use some mortal uh mortal army so i'm going to do a slaves to darkness mix uh with heed knights of slanesh so that's why i showed you guys a picture today of just kind of trial paint jobs. I think what I'll do is do like a silvery gold trim on purple maybe. I'm not sure yet, but that's kind of the hobby um, aspect there. But yeah, I, Nathan's influence of me telling 
you were telling me a while ago, like, yeah, think of Age of Sigmar as a Greek drama, and that really helped me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to be honest, it's it's kind of like, you know what? I want to play these ridiculous models right now, like these super big monsters. I'm going to put some crazy big monsters on the table and not worry about base size. Like, <laughs> you know, us, us old uh, cranky Warhammer Fantasy Battle players, that's not going to fit on a 50 by 50 base. <laughs> you know, like... I've spent at least two hours going over which armies I want to play. And the biggest influence on the selection of my armies was to make sure they don't fit on these bases. Because if they do, <laughs> if they have the potential to fit on a Warhammer Fantasy base, I'm, of course, going to want to do that. So I'm picking, carefully picking out an army to choose that I'm not going to want to put it on a square base because i love square bases right anyway, not giving that, yourself it, the option it, it yeah it's actually co- kind <laughs> of hilarious and fun at the same time i'm really looking forward to uh smashing together some uh age of sigmar awesome. is there an official rule yet that you cannot play age of sigmar with square bases because last time i heard it was still allowed even yeah, though it, it was frowned upon no no yeah it's just for me it's the aesthetic if my opponent has all round bases i want mine to look the same it's I'm very sh- a stickler when it comes to photos. I've played oh, Age yeah. of Sigmar. I've I've played tons of Age of Sigmar with my square bases, no problem, like for fun. But it just yeah, it, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, no, I'm gonna get into this and do it proper. This is not my game, right? This is not my like, it's not my competitive game, or is it, it's just going to be a hoot. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah, that's me. All right. Um, well, as for me, I don't have much hobby news since the last time we recorded. Although I do have a... I got a nice little package in the mail today with a complete uh, Dutch version of Hero Quest, the base game. Oh, cool. So I am uh, really happy about that. And you mentioned more time earlier. I've also obtained a more time starter set. Which is almost complete. It's missing one of the Empire models, but oh, I have plenty right. of those left. I commented on your on your post. Yeah, I'm so oh, yeah, excited you did. for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, so excited I'm, for you, man. Yeah. It's also missing uh, one square or rectangular wall section that I'll probably just have to try to replicate and a uh, monument. That won't which be is hard. no big deal. But yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh, uh, no, so uh, yeah, I'm uh, also really pleased with uh, with that one. And other than that, I have not been doing much hobby. Um, I, I did play a game of Dreadfleet, by the way. Oh, cool. Which was the first time ever since I bought a box in back in 2012, I believe. Right. Uh, played it remotely with a friend of mine here in the Netherlands, and we thought, well, we can play maybe one or two scenarios, or two or three scenarios, and just the first scenario where you both have one ship, it took all night, and... <laughs> I chased him all across the board and uh, eventually managed uh, to uh, to sink him. So, That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. And what's even better is that now I have played one game of Dreadfleet, which I won, and I have played one game of Man of War, which I won. Okay. So I have decided right to there. award myself the title of Undisputed Master of the Warhammer High Seas. <laughs> Which Love will it. probably get me some challenges. Uh, Good. At least I, I, I hope it will. That, so yeah, I, uh, but um, it's uh, it's a pretty nice game, Dreadfleet. I don't know why it's getting such negative reviews. Maybe it's because it's 
limited in what you can do with yes. it. Yes, uh, I, I don't think of, the reviews uh, were so much the game. It's just GW shenanigans of limited purchases and whatever. Yeah, I think yeah. people wanted Mana War too. Yeah, like yeah. that was they, they wanted a, a second, you know, a second Mana War, and this was a, a a limited box game. I thought the models looked gorgeous. They're cool. They are, yeah, yeah. and they are yeah. real fun to paint. Uh, but uh, oh, and the game is pretty nice too. But uh, Mana War gives you more options. You can actually build your own mm. fleets in the same way with points values that you can build armies in Warhammer. And Dreadfleet is just uh, you've got some scenarios and that's it. Yeah, so, yeah, it plays uh, yeah. more more like a board game than a... Yes, it does. Right. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, by the way, there's a copy of that down at our local store. It's been there on the floor forever. It can't still be there. It's still there. And I'm oh like, my God. I, I don't want anyone to pick it up because I want it to be... I just don't have the money right now or, you know... I'm, right. It's not that I'm not interested. It's like, I should get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should... And uh, probably beat yourself up if you don't. Yeah, it's going to happen and it's going to somebody's going to get it. Um, I just want to mention real quick. I forgot to tell you guys a while ago. I was the lucky guy that ran into a full Amazonian Mordheim pewter warband. The original. Wow. I, I completely forgot. I haven't done anything with it. It's all in the in the plastic. But yeah, it was part of that deal I got from um, this fellow in Dartmouth. Remember, I got the Cult of Slanesh army? Yeah. Coming? He also had the Amazonian warband. And they're gorgeous models. They're so cool. I'll have, I'll, I'll show, I can't wait to get them together and show you guys just how cool they are. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Today, we are talking about the one book wonders of Warhammer Fantasy. We're going to go through each of the main armies of Warhammer Fantasy and look at. Those units that, for whatever reason, just only got a single unit entry in their respective army books. And before we start, because otherwise people are going to just flood me with actually this appeared here as well. <laughs> uh, we are only yeah. <laughs> looking at army books for this. White Dwarf Profiles and Citadel Journal, while awesome, they, they, were, they are not counted for this. We are looking at solely the army books on just on that note i i laughed when i was kind of doing some research because i was like technically nagash didn't have another army book <laughs> yeah nagash is yep. i i consider him a one book wonder okay, quite frankly okay. uh, i, I mean yeah. if you wanted to because the end times were was a, a supplement or an expansion yep. and yep. i would i would be willing to put him as a as a one book wonder for it's sure. just the only the only uh, argument there would be that he has a new model might be that might be the only other argument but mm, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, like, we're, we're not doing, this isn't a scientific thing. We're just having some fun here. I mean, on, if man. people want to get really I'm technical too, on us, they can. Yeah, but I'm, too, I'm such a technical person. <laughs> I'm, I annoy myself. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll start off, we're going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, GJ, once again, uh, saving our bacon as far as organizing this podcast goes. And he has created a lovely list of uh, each of the army books and uh, each of the entries and where they uh, showed up or where they didn't show up. And uh, he's even highlighted the ones that only appeared in one book. So we really have to do very little work because GJ has done it all for us. Easily the MVP of this podcast, quite frankly, <laughs> for Maybe at least two weeks running now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, so thank uh, you 
I, I did notice that I, I'm not without my mistakes, so uh, please do check if my uh, work is correct here. Yeah. Hey, if if something's off, I'll hear about it. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> I, yeah, I tend to always hear about it. It's great, actually. Please, if you're if you're one of those people and you notice an error, actually do let me know because I, I do like to know any time that uh, I've messed something up or we've we've made a little omission in some way, shape, or form. I I, I, I do have, actually get a lot out of it. So I have one comment to make, and because you just reminded me, mm-hmm. it's it's the funniest thing I've ever seen on our. Um, uh, it was on our one of our streams. The game that you had with your Chaos versus Patrick. Mm-hmm. Somebody commented. I don't know if you saw it. It was so funny. Oh, I don't think He's so. Like, oh, Nathan, you have to go look. Why would you ever do that and put your model right in front of his archer? <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it is. It oh, is somebody funny. triggered. It's somebody triggered. Oh, no. And it's so funny. Well, you if, to go if to you're it. listening to this, uh, the reason why no. I did it was because I thought I would have a screen of Warhounds to protect. He's probably referencing my chaos knights i would assume it's really funny uh Uh, and yeah yeah, it was because i thought i was gonna have a screen of uh doggos for at least the first turn oh and then my chaos gifts wipe them out so after reading that comment you'll you'll realize you have no excuse oh just no excuse okay (laughs) i'll have to go back and take a look that'll be fun Yeah. yeah all right gentlemen let's start off with the beasts of the woods the beastmen slash beasts of chaos what I'll do for each of these is I'll, I'll go through the ones here that you've highlighted, and then we can talk about what our picks were. And we're going to kind of go with our favorite or one book wonders and maybe hit on any of the other ones that we think are honorable mentions or worth talking about uh, as well. So for the Beastmen, we have Malagor, the Dark Omen, who only appeared in 7th. Torox, the bra- Brass Bull, who appeared in 7th. The Dragon Ogre Lord and the Dragon Ogre Hero, who appeared in 4th. The Centaur Lord and the Centaur Hero, who appeared in 4th. Slugtongue, who appeared in 7th. The Gorbull, which is the hero level Minotaur, who appeared in 7th. Ungrel Fourhorn and Gorus Warhoof, who are both from 7th edition. Ungor Raiders, also from 7th. The Razor Gore Chariot, Razor Gores. Sigor and Gorgon, all from 7th, and the Jabberslythe, also in 7th edition. These guys, I mean, we're a lot of heroes here for the Beastmen, mm-hmm. and I think this is going to be a bit of a theme for us, and especially in 7th edition where Games Workshop was just like, oh boy, hey, remember special characters? They were fun. What if we just <laughs> did all of them again? Uh, so And then some. And then some, yeah. And then yeah. Some. I did notice two mistakes here in, okay. in the list that you read out. Uh, I forgot to highlight uh, Moonclaw, Son of Morsleep. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I accidentally, I later discovered, highlighted the Gorbul, uh, because in 5th edition in the, uh, what was it called, the Realm of Chaos, where you have those warbands, mm-hmm. yep. you can actually buy a Gorbul and a Doombull, like the... the, the Minotaur hero and a Minotaur okay. lord as upgrade for a unit. All right. And uh, maybe we should save this for for a Minotaur episode in the future. But in order to buy a Minotaur champion, you'd have to have at least four, I believe, and for a hero, at least seven in the unit, and for a lord, a unit of ten, and then you can buy an extra lord for another four hundred something points. Those the so. chaos the realm of chaos worked with retinues, right? That's how. It- yeah. 
Yeah, right. That's something I did actually want to touch on was you have these heroes as part of a regiment. And then, so for example, like the Dragon Ogre hero and lord Mm -hmm. you would buy so many dragon ogres and the bigger the unit the better the character you could have to lead them yeah so by the time you got up Mm -hmm. to a dragon ogre lord i think you were looking at something like three or four hundred points for the lord and then like 600 points or something for the unit because they're at 87 points per model just out of out of this world and they did it for a lot of things too like minotaur uh for sure and we'll definitely do a minotaur episode soon because uh, GJ has written a lovely Minotaur story for his uh, Golden Griffin blog, which uh, you should all read if you're into uh, short fantasy stories. It's just a, an interesting mechanic that they kind of got rid of, I think probably because no one was spending that many points on Dragon Ogres and then just to buy a ultra expensive Dragon Ogre character. Then again, facing a unit of 10 Dragon Ogres with a, a lord and a hero. Yeah. <laughs> That would be scary. What are you going to (laughs) do? My three dragon ogres do work in uh, Hero Hammer, for sure. So I I can imagine like a big unit. You're just looking down that Death Star and just being like, I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So for my pick for the uh, Beastman Beast of Chaos, I actually kind of went off book here to start things off. And Mm -hmm. I actually went to the third edition Realm of Chaos supplement And the reason why I did this was because I I had been doing a lot of research with The Realm of Chaos because it's such a fun book to to poke around in. And I found the original Slangors. Oh, cool. Who appear in Realm of Chaos and then not in 4th to 8th edition. And these guys are really, really cool. They, they, along with the Zangors, the original Zinch uh, Gors, were just so cool i would love to have seen them continue like around sixth edition we got the pestigores and we got the the corn gores yeah and i would have loved to have seen a updated slangor for the era but the era i really want to see it in is hero hammer because you'd have those big snippy demonette claws like the big crab claws but you they'd be on a gore i think in the hero hammer aesthetic that would work really well and look really fun there was actually a Blood Bowl character for the Beastmen. I don't think it was a special character, but it was one of like the mutation guys that you could buy to represent mutated Beastmen on the pitch that had a Crab Claw. And I always imagine like he would make a great Slangor. So that one was my pick for the Beastmen. Let's... Is it just yeah. because they didn't get any models in 6th edition? Because you can upgrade a Besticor herd to right. Zangors and Slangors and, and Korngors and Pestigors as well. In 6th edition? Yeah, in the 6th edition uh, Beast of Chaos book. Okay, well, uh, oops. I should probably <laughs> have put them in then, because then it's still a good choice. But yeah, there's also... Yeah. Yeah. They do have models for Zang- uh, the Zeech ones. They have new models for the Zangors now. Yeah, and the Slangors. Yeah. And the Slangors. Uh, but, right, but yeah, yeah, but like, there, there's yeah. been, they've been specific to Age of Sigmar right, slash 40k. For sure. Yeah, they, and they, I, they are like ogre-sized nowadays. Yeah, right. I would have really liked to have seen them as kind of the old school hero hammer or sixth ed ones mm-hmm. uh so i i guess uh since yeah so gj you you, you got me on that one I, I actually had no idea that they were an upgrade choice uh so my other a- option that i was going to use as a honorable mention was the jabber slife oh that's, i love that yeah, thing that's i love pick. that thing i would have loved to have seen it through all the eras i think it's it's wonderful and weird i love the jabberwock story or poem i guess yeah and 
I think 100%. this is one of those things where GW, and this is going to be a theme for me, I think, as we go through here, did some of its best work by just shamelessly taking things out of myths and, and history and then twisting them a little bit. And I really like that about the Jabber Scythe. Yeah, that was the, it was funny because that was my pick for, in game use, it was not very good, but this, the lore was so, it's kind of like my pick for best and worst. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so, we, uh, I remember because when uh, my partner and I were playing Warhammer together, she was collecting the Beastmen and she was like, oh, this is the coolest thing. We read the story and then we, it just, it's not very good on the table. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but it's just so cool. And the model is quite wild like i think they did a pretty cool job on it mm -hmm. yeah i like that it, it's not bound by a lot of the the more sensical rules that a lot of right. their monsters are like its wings don't look like it could carry it in any capacity yeah uh it's got a weird face it's it's got like it's oddly proportioned but because yeah. it's supposed to be such a bizarre thing it really works for it yeah let's go gj what was your pick out of the beastman yeah, I would. Uh, I I wouldn't have gone so much with um, uh, with uh, the lore this time, but uh, for the gameplay. Okay. And I have been on the receiving end of a couple <laughs> of loose razor gores. So, <laughs> uh, oh, I heard about those, that. Those yeah. were my pick, and I think those uh, like those lone sort of cavalry or or monstrous beasts type units like razor gores or saber tusks. Uh, Stuff like that. They are really nice on the battlefield. You can use them to march block. And those Razor Gores, they actually pack quite a punch. I thought mm -hmm. I could uh, take one out with a unit of Black Orcs, but they were held in place for about three turns. And that was wow. just a single one of those piggies. That's interesting. I've never faced one. So I, I didn't know they, they packed that much of a punch. I just remember the models being uh, questionable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we... <laughs> I knew they were good and I couldn't, I was trying to find stand like, you know, proxies for them and I couldn't find a model on another company. I just, I really don't like the GW ones. Even like through time, I don't think they <laughs> can get good through time. You, you know? You're never going to get nostalgic for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, they're hard to, uh, hard to look at. Scott, what was your pick for uh, our Beastman? Yeah, it was the Jabber Slide. Oh, it is the Jabber Slide yeah, as well. Okay, for cool. sure. Yeah, cool. it was. It was just there's too much, like love for the story and how they work. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. nice. Um, it's funny because the Gorble, uh, before you fix that, uh, <laughs> it was the Gorble was for in-game use. I would make as my battle standard bear, and oh my god, it's such a good battle standard bear because he has four wounds. Yeah, that reminds me of the ogre battle standard bearers, where yeah. you just that extra or the extra like couple wounds yeah, for their heroes exactly. are just yeah. so nice. It's crazy, and yeah. you just you just make him a tank, and yeah, he he holds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing I left I would like to say about the beastman was it's a crime that we never got a model for Moonclaw, son of Morslabe. I could have swore they did, but I'm I'm probably thinking of another. You um, might be thinking of, you might be thinking of Morgar because they're both yeah, kind of I wild so. as far as uh, description goes. But Moonclaw was this really neat beastman that only appeared, yeah, in the seventh edition book. Never got a model, but he had a really neat mount that was like this weird, like almost chaos spawn type of thing. Okay. He had a wild backstory. He's just he's so nuts, and he, he 
uh, everything around him revolves around like Morsleib and and the moon and everything. It's it's really wild, and I, I wish he had been There's something represented. I think maybe what happened was I probably used him in the game, and just for some reason, like you know, just made a proxy or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm in in my head that was like, oh, that's that's him. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's my reality. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> he exists now. Yeah. Next up is going to be Bretonia. Do you guys have any closing comments on the Beastmen, or are we good to go? I think I'm good. Yeah, good to go, mate. All right. Bretonia. Now, not a lot of books to go through on on Bretonia's side. Uh, 5th Ed and 6th Ed. So there's quite a few units here that only exist in one or the other. There's a lot in... Yeah. 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 So, starting off, uh, Pegasus Knights and the Grail Reliquary and Pilgrims are both from 6th Ed, as well as the Trebuchet. And then we have just all of the characters in the world that only appeared in the 5th Ed book. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rapunce de Lioness, Baron Odo, Roland de Marchal. I'm sorry my French is non-existent, so you're going to have to go with Did this you... one. So there's Tankred, Bertrand the Brigand. And the Bowman of Bergerac. There's the Knight of the per- Perilous Lance. Tristan Le Troubadour and Jules. Renard Le Chasseur. Armand de Aquitaine. Jasper Le Beau. And Bohemond. Beaumont? Beaumont? Beast Slayer. Those were all from 5th Ed. <laughs> they had so many special characters. Uh, most of them that were just knights but a little different. But some really interesting characters there. Like, with only two books for Bretonia, it's just so era-dependent, this, Mm -hmm. like, how I think of Bretonia. Like, there's the the fifth ed, the bright, the colorful, chivalrous Bretonia, and then there's the sixth edition, kind of dark, gritty, peasant Bretonia as well. Yeah, they're very different. And they're they're very different feel to them, and I understand that's why most of these characters just didn't really go through uh, or translate, I guess, between editions. For me, I, I've got two here, and they're both characters from the 5th Ed era. Rapunce de Lioness, mm-hmm. she's such an important character in Bretonian history. And she's so... I like Again, this is GW taking Joan of Arc and making her into a Bretonian. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that because I feel like that is where they do good work, and that's where you get good stories from. And I love her story. I think it's so cool. And just, I guess I've, I've played her in Total War somewhat recently as well. And she's lots of fun. But yeah, she is uh, easily one of my favorite characters of all time from Bretonia. Uh, the other one that I'll mention, and this one would never have fit in in 6th edition, but Bertrand the Brigand and his bowmen. I loved <laughs> yeah. that there was, there was like, you got your Robin Hood proxy, but then you also got your Little John and your Friar Tuck as well. And uh, the, I, I can't remember the the one that's like Friar Tuck, but he's got the big barrel of mead or whatever yep. on his back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, love those models. I thought they were so fun. They were so evocative of I agree. the Hero Hammer era. I would. Those were mine that I would love to have seen move I think on. They could have done. I think they could have been sixth edition. If sometimes it's all about how you sculpt it. If it was, you could make those models a bit grittier mm. if you wanted to, but. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. I think they they were awesome. I my friend's dad had Daryl had all of those models. He still does, and it's just like 
when you look at those guys, I think of, you know, really good times learning 5th edition. It was just so much fun. It is. They're really nice models, at least ones that have models, because yeah. not all of them do. Yeah. 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 We'll also take uh, Tristan and Jules. Jules needed uh, needed to live longer than he did. I, I loved, <laughs> yeah. I loved yeah. him just on his hobby horse and <laughs> yeah. just, you know making fun of the enemy and and uh making them mad and stuff i i loved i loved his uh the things that he could do on the battlefield gj what are your picks for britannia yeah uh well until i just looked at this list again i had selected the pegasus knights as something that i would have liked to see back in fifth edition as oh, well they could have been beautiful in fifth edition yeah they yeah. would have been oh entirely metal of course yeah uh, oh yes, but <laughs> and you would have hated taking them anywhere. But, but my God, them. yeah, it would have been gorgeous. Yeah, but now, now that I look at this list again, I'm thinking uh, I would have loved to see the Knight of the Perilous Lands in later editions mm-hmm. because I just love the idea behind it. It's just this mysterious knight who shows up at all the different tournaments, and yeah, that's uh, that, that's his whole deal. That's a great one. So yeah. well with... And then and he also fits really well with the uh, Arthurian legends. Uh, yeah. That you have these tournaments and knights that they uh, take um, like a, a shield of uh, some, some sort of form of heraldry that they use to disguise themselves with. Or there's a story about Lancelot who never ever takes a token from a, from a damsel and then at some time, that, at some point he does... And then everybody says, no, that's not Lancelot, but he fights really well. But it's still not Lancelot because, well, he he, he goes in, in disguise to many of those tournaments as well. So that uh, fits really well with the uh, what you mentioned, uh, what GW does best. Take something from this world and make it their own. True. <clears throat> right on that note, not picking Rapunzel just to be different. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I fair. do, yeah, because anything to do with Joan of Arc is, is amazing. Like... There's a reason why I collected military orders for the game Infinity. It's because Joan of Arc is their leader. Um, she's very fun to play with her sword and, uh, yeah, super cool. But this time I picked Jasper Leveau because you have, like we said, GW taking something and making it their own. It's kind of like, uh, Jasper is kind of like a Valkyrie because Valkyries would charge the forefront and, of Doom slaying big monsters and stuff. And this... I would love to play this model. Um, you have basically you charge a monster, and not only if even if you don't kill the monster on your first go, it would take you'd roll a d6 and take the number of attacks away from the monster. It's really cool, and the rule of if uh, it's the virtuous lance plus two strength, it's uh, d3 wounds, which is huge. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the Pegasus comes into play, uh, I just imagine this thing. It's so cool. Like, how would you fight a dra- It's it. It'd be fun to uh, fight a dragon flying as well, because obviously, on foot is not as easy as it as it is in Warhammer. When we when we charge our guy on foot into a dragon and do some wounds on it, it's like, hey, that's a it's quite a hero. <laughs> Don't have wings, okay. But yeah, the, it makes more sense to me, like a true dragon slayer. Yeah, yeah. Have, have a yeah. have a Pegasus, have a Pegasus, or have something else like a hippogriff. But I like the that's a little bit smaller, so you get that, you know, grandiose, uh, heroic kind of like that duel where you have a smaller versus the bigger, but the smaller's strong. So very cool. What else is the the lance is good. 
it the lens is even better than you just mentioned because if you're fighting like anything that's the class is a large monster right the lens will give you not plus two strength but plus four plus four that's what it was yeah so you're looking at strength eight and a lot of monsters are tough seven tough mm -hmm. six yeah tough so six or cool. seven yeah six or six yeah. or seven and like it seems like pretty good 234 points that seems pretty good for fifth edition Everything and, and it can auto kill, so. by the way. Yeah. Point item. I'm just reading this. I'm sorry. I'm just. Uh, yeah. The more I read, it's quite a long description. The more I read, the more I, I think I'm going to change my pick to uh, <laughs> this one. <laughs> well, like, Excellent. and it, it's it's also cool. Like, the helm of the dragon slayer, the names of the items, the claw of Malgrimus, the virtuous lance. It just oh, it's so Britonia. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're immune to breath attacks. Of any kind by dragons. It's just so fluffy too. So, yeah. Nice. Bring back Jasper Lebeau. <laughs> Good pick. Good yeah. pick. Yeah, that was he wasn't even really on my radar. Uh, I just kind of skimmed by him. And uh, yeah, no, I'm glad you. I'm glad you I, picked him. I think when you put Dragon Slayer at the end of every any name, you have my attention. I'll read about <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. That's Plus the fair. movie from the '80s is like I grew up with that, and I was just like <laughs> obsessed with that movie. Shall we move along to our Chaos Dwarfs? Yes. Okay. This is an odd one, of course, because we have the 4th edition army book, and then we have the 8th edition in the Tamurkin supplement, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And yep. these guys, there's a lot that is somewhat similar, and there's a lot that has changed. Uh, so going through the things that are only found in one or the other we have the chaos dwarf lord the bull centaur lord all, uh, both from fourth bull centaurs and sneaky gits both from fourth gj uh a question about the bull centaurs were they not in tamurkin as well i thought they got updated models for eighth or am i crazy um, maybe you are not crazy. Like I said, I might not be fully correct with my list, but okay. I've got the book here and I'll uh, okay. check right away. Uh, cool, cool. Just... I'll keep going. Yeah. So the Hobgoblin... Oh, no, uh, I, I just opened it on the page. Bull Centaurs are indeed in in the uh, Tamokan book. Oh, okay. Well, that was handy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so Sneaky Gits and Hobgoblin Bolt Throwers, both from fourth. And then we have Zatan the Black, Gorda's Backstabber, and Astragoth, all from 4th, all special characters. And then we have a bunch of stuff from 8th, Drazoath the Ashen, the Chaos Dwarf Infernal Iron Sworn, the Kadai Fireborn, the Magma Cannon, the Iron Daemon, the Kadai Destroyer, the Hell Cannon, and the Chaos Siege Giant. This is such a wild army list when you put these two together <laughs> looking through this and man it's it's a it's a crazy thing for me and there's no wrong answer here because i think the chaos dwarves had some of the most interesting things that we had ever seen in warmer fantasy uh, it's gonna be the sneaky gits i love oh, hobgoblins man. i love stop picking my picks <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved the way yeah. they looked i love the way that unit looked i love the cool. backstory and Come on, like, you could tell me that that unit was literally anything, and you tell me it's called the Sneaky Gits. I want that <laughs> unit in my, in yeah. my army book. Yeah. I don't even care what they do. Uh, so that one's going to be yeah. it for me. That's funny. 
I like the um, the sneak this. They remind me of the Skulkers. I love the Skulkers. Oh, the nasty Skulkers. Yeah, the nasty yeah. Skulkers. I got those models before they went out of print because mm-hmm. I just love them. Um, I wish I had. Yeah. But a uh, small story, right quick about. I I don't like Chaos Dwarves, <laughs> and it's because of my history of playing. Somebody made Chaos Dwarf a Chaos Dwarf army, and he did his own hats. But he he made them out of pins. You know the pins that you can get that are oh the push shaped. pins the push like the, pins yeah yeah so okay so they have them, almost he, a... he stuck them all into in, into the dwarf heads and oh. then he took them to a tournament and I was so disappointed that I could never like chaos dwarfs again oh no so <laughs> what a sad story it was <laughs> it was so off putting it was like oh it was awful yeah yeah, yeah. but the, and that's why I was like I can pick the hobgoblin sneaky gets because they're not actual dwarves yeah. And I, I'm always of two minds when I see stuff like that because I, I really want to encourage people to make oh, their yeah. army their own and, and do their own thing and do conversions. And then sometimes it just it goes wrong. Like, yeah. you, you know yeah. that it's not what they had intended in their head. No, this person intended it in, like this. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's different. I don't, maybe I don't have that you're, kind of sympathy then. <laughs> you're 100% correct. And no, I... My favorite thing about people's work is their customization. And that's why this was so off-putting because, I, was, you know, you're used to seeing some really nice work and then mm. somebody just put push pins on their heads. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was please, annoying. Please tell me at least, like, painted the push pins to match the uh, yeah, I think the funny thing was they were, he ended up trading them in at Monster and they were there for a while. You could go down and see the army. Oh, that's they were, hilarious. They were for sale. Yeah. I bet they were there for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you're listening, sorry, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like those. But yeah, the sneaky gets are my choice too. They're, like you said, seeing them. Oh, man. Is there, are those models like, can you buy them off eBay? If you have all the money in the world, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I really, they'd be cool to have. How about you, GJ? Yeah, well, I had Bull Centaur selected, but I now just learned <laughs> that my choice was uh, uh, illegal. So I'm thinking about going with the biggest, baddest war machine that the Chaos Dwarfs can field in 8th edition, which is the Iron Demon, a um, sort of combination between a steam tank and a regular steam power train, but without the rails, as far as I can tell. Thank you so much for mentioning that. That was almost my choice as well. Anytime you... I love trains. I have since I was a kid. And anytime you put a train, like a horrible, spiky Mad Max death train on the battlefield, I'm going to be a happy camper. I agree 100%. That is a fantastic pick. Unfortunately, the rules were weird. Oh, were they? Yeah, they... You had to be like on top of the either FAQs or how it's used because it was like one of those units that didn't follow all the rules for Warhammer. Mm. I mean, what does that mean? What does that even mean? I mean, it, <laughs> follow all the rules. It makes no, sense it, though because it's it's yeah. kind of similar to the steam tank, right? And the steam tank, yeah. got like four versions of its own special rules over the era. So, right. So I can imagine that they had some trouble with this thing as well. Yeah. It, yeah. You rest my case. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, Chaos Dwarfs great man. I'm I'm so glad that Mantic has kind of stepped up their mm-hmm. game yeah. for miniatures because their mm-hmm. new line of Chaos Dwarfs 
and I'm sorry, I don't remember. I think they're Abyssal Dwarfs uh, yeah. for Kings yeah, of War. Yeah, Abyssal Dwarfs. They're super and, cool. Uh, yeah. They're good. They're really, um, really Andy good looking. Yeah, I, I see those, and it, it yeah. makes me every now and then it makes me uh, consider consider them. Yep, me oh. too. I, I I've had them in my basket a couple of times, and then still oh, I just haven't didn't the buy them. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I've done that before too. You just you you get everything in a cart, and you're just looking at it. You're looking at the shipping costs. You're just like, and your brain is at war with itself, and you're just like you're yes. hovering over. It's the uh, the old like do I push the button uh, meme, yeah, good stuff. All right, let's head on to demons of chaos. This is actually a short list, and it's mostly things that either appeared in fifth or eighth edition. So starting off here, we have the seeker chariot of Slanesh, the skull cannon, the burning chariot, the soul grinder, the exalted seeker chariot, the hellflayer. Plague Drones, all from 8th edition. Then we have just a couple of characters, short-lived from the excellent Champions of Chaos supplement for 5th edition, Azazel and Amon Chakai. This is a smaller list than I was expecting, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest with you guys, because there's just so many demons, but I guess... They they come and they go through the eras as well, and so many of them have such a pedigree, right? They start all the way back to the OG realm of chaos, and the, you know they disappear for a few editions, come back, and and uh, yeah. So Kinda we're left sounds with like a... the lore, right? They just go to the warp and like <laughs> yeah. come They're, back. We're we're left with a pretty pretty small list here. I think I know your pick, Nathan. Okay, <laughs> I, I do have a yeah, I do have a, an obvious pick from this list. One that I want to throw out, though, because it wasn't actually from an army book, but it was from that same Tamerkin supplement, uh, and that only appeared the one time, uh, Plague Toads. Oh, cool. Yeah, I forgot to take those into account. I only used that book for the uh, Chaos Dwarf. Yeah, no worries, no worries. And the Plague Toads, I just, I loved the idea of them so much. I I love beasts of Nurgle, especially. They're just so much fun. They're cool. They're they're big, happy, slimy dogs, Mm -hmm. and I I get that. And the Plague Toads were such an interesting almost take on that, where they they hop around and they they gobble things up, and sometimes you have the uh, Plague Bearers on top of them. I just love the aesthetic. I love everything about them. I think they're, they're just hilarious. From this list, I would go with Azazel. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it's it's the obvious it's a chalk choice for me. It's I'm a true. big Slanesh fan, but here's the thing: you didn't get a lot of great special characters for Slanesh, and we got the mask in the later eras, and that was that was about it, right? There yeah. wasn't there wasn't much else. <laughs> yeah. And Azazel was such a oh, great sculpt, so and good. he is his whole personality was really cool. His whole backstory is really cool. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm a guy who's the more demon princes you have, the happier I am. I think (laughs) demon princes are some of the coolest chaos things that, that are out there. So I really enjoyed Azazel's back, uh, both background model and, uh, rules. Yeah. Uh, GJ, what do you think? I'm uh, with you 100% on that one. I, my pick was also Azazel. Nice. Nice. Scott, three for three. (laughs) Surprise. Uh, recently picked the model up, not oh, even put cool, together. Man. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. is crazy. It's funny. I actually I got him in a trade earlier in the spring. 
I like that nice. we all three of us are just like we we've That's, got a Zazel now. He's fantastic. So we can be a club. When we were yeah. <laughs> yeah. we are totally the gushers of a Zazel yeah. fan club for sure. Um, my friend and I playing Mordom, Devin and I always thought Azazel was the Shadow Prince of Mordheim. Mm. The Shadow Lord. They call him yeah, there was always this talk in Mordheim about the Shadow Lord. Whether we thought like that was just our conspiracy thing, like nice. And it, it just made sense that when we read like Azazel's backstory. And I'm like, of course he's the Shadow Lord of Mordheim. <laughs> yeah. There was never any there was never a reveal um that I know of, but mm. definitely confident that it was a demon. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Man, I honestly, Nathan, we have to get you to play that game. It's not I even know. like it's I know. Re- I... it's a registered trademark of life <laughs> for you to play. Yeah. And we'll yeah. make it happen. It it's like Imagine a D&D skirmish game, but you don't need a DM. There's random tables and stuff that kind of it does DM for you. Gotcha. And there's like, if you can have six players and one on one turn, you might be friends or allies with someone. And then the next turn, stab them in the back. Right. I, I've seen it happen. It's crazy. It's the most dramatic game I've ever played. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I honestly, I think I would love it. I, it yeah, seems you would very it. narrative and, and fun. Yeah. And I would get right into that. Before we get off Chaos Demons, I want to get your guys' quick opinion on this. I kind of hate that the Soul Grinder was included in fantasy. Yeah, me too. I Yeah, 100%. I, I it thought it just... should it, have been a 40k unit. Yeah, only. yeah. yeah. No, I, and I, I understand that they wanted to have every unit for demons be between... 40k and fantasy it never fit it never looked no. right it just no. No. and you had to put it on like a base that was the size of your living room because of all of its like crab claws walking yep. around it just didn't work for fantasy and i have i have a soul grinder and oh. i mean i could use it but i would never ever do no, for fantasy because it just it. it kills my it kills my immersion it's money grab it was a it was another way to sell the model yeah and i like the model a lot for forty yeah. k, I think it's great. I think it's yeah. much better than the Defiler, but oh, yeah, boy, oh sure. boy, I do not like it for fantasy. Okay, I'm just glad that you agree with me here. Uh, yeah, I thought we might might have had a little controversy. No, no, uh, it's trying silly. to drum one up. Yeah, this is like that that uh, when that guy from Monsters Inc. with uh, spider legs. Uh, yeah, has <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> oh, it's legit. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Next up is Dark Elves. So we have the High Beastmaster, the Black Ark Fleetmaster, both from 8th edition. We have the Normal Beastmaster, who made an appearance in 6th. The City Guard, who showed up in 4th. The Scourge Runner Chariot in 8th. And the Doomfire Warlocks, the Bloodrack Medusa, the Charybdis, the Bloodrack Shrine, and Rakarth. And all of those appeared in 8th, except for Rakarth, who was in 4th fourth edition and as much as i would like to choose rakarth because he's one of my favorite dark elf characters mm-hmm. uh, i actually went with the doomfire warlocks mostly yeah. because i wanted to see what they would have looked like in earlier eras like hero hammer that kind of thing i just imagine them all decked out with crazy gems and stuff like kind of that fourth fifth edition high elf dark elf feel where they're very ornate Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen them as that. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I think that would have yeah, been really cool. Yeah. Honorable mention to the city guard. I just wanted them to be good at some point. And they <laughs> they were so bad in fourth. And, and I can attest to that. I have taken them on several occasions. And 
boy, oh boy, are they much worse than either regular <laughs> crossbow or like repeater crossbowmen or the, just the regular spearmen. Scott, my fellow uh, dark elf lord here, what what would you like to have seen more? Of? Cruel mistress of Hagenath. <laughs> <laughs> um, seeker. Uh, actually, I'm a big Beastmaster fan, mm. and not only is, are they fun in, I like them in both sixth edition, the just the regular Beastmaster and eighth for different reasons. The funny thing is, I like to take a, like min max sometimes. I'm like, oh, I wish I could fit this lord and this hero into the list. The Beastmaster in sixth allows that because he's this cheap unit that can go on a mana core right it's really fun that way as a hero choice i always love even in eighth edition they have certain things like that you can take a um a noble on a in the high elves in, on a griffin and i believe you can also do that in eighth on the as the dark elf you can take a manticore yeah i'm so about that i just love it I, you know having a lord on manticore and then a hero on manticore is super cool nice. and the be- yeah, yeah the Beastmaster in um eighth edition comes stock with a sea dragon cloak so you put them on a manticore and you're getting a pretty decent save there. And you just give the manticore your, I think you can give them a four plus armor, I believe. Yeah, you can make them a little tougher. I, I absolutely love that 8th edition gave the upgrades to the monsters. Um, even some of them are a little pricey, but it's it's just, it's really fluffy that way. So yeah, definitely into the Beastmasters. Nice. I would have gone for the Medusa because that's a... Nice little mythological unit that uh, I think fits really well with the whole dark elf um, look and feel. So this this yeah nasty mm-hmm. snake-like lady that can do all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, I think it would not have been a miss in earlier editions. And you could of course take a I believe it was called a gorgon back in uh, Hero Hammer. Oh yeah. Um, so cool. maybe it shouldn't be on the list, but uh, I still think it would fit in I think six and seven separate, as well. Because like, yeah. anybody could take a Gorgon, right? That's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah. yeah. So, that, you know, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Good choices, guys. I super agree with both of your picks. They're actually ones that the Bloodwrack Medusa was a uh, honorable mention for me. And for the Beastmaster, I just love manticores and have yeah, ever man. since oh i saw that original uh yeah. deater hellsnitch model yeah something yeah. about like a lion with like the uh the scorpion tail and just it's wild and i love it Ooh, uh, really, i have that really model i do have that model oh i love yeah. it lovely model yeah. all right next up the dogs of war this is a very small list uh we have three things on here we have uh leonardo di Mariang. Oh my god, this guy again. <laughs> the I, I last time, the so last time I tried to pronounce his last name, it took me six takes. Uh, Miragliano, Miragliano, Leonardo Di... Leonardo, oh my god, Leonardo de Mag, Mira, Miragliano. There, the I did it, I did it, it's fine. I love it I'll so even much. keep this in here, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Pikeman and duelists so uh leonardo only appears in fifth the pikemen and the duelists appear in sixth and for me this one was the pikemen i think just for the historical importance of pikemen and how just widespread they were in our world it feels like they should have been a little bit more around in uh, warhammer fantasy 
And mm. yeah, that was that was kind of my only thinking for this one. I just would have liked to see more of them. I thought they were all good models too. All of the the yeah. regiments of renown that were the pikemen. I was trying not to laugh because I I think if we don't pick the pikemen, everyone's gonna be angry. <laughs> <laughs> pick the pikemen, of course. Yeah, definitely the pikemen. Yeah, for me as well. Although I do want an honorable mention for the duelists because yeah, I also like that whole thing. Um, these uh, nimble warriors just hopping around and avoiding slashes and then just doing a little bit of damage here and a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And in 6th edition you could equip them with additional hand weapons and you could put them, uh, give them pistols and make a nice uh, little screening and flanking unit there. So, uh, yeah. But uh, no, Pikeman is for me the obvious choice as well. Nice. And I would have liked for the 5th edition Dogs of War to have more of those generic units because you could only pick generic characters and special characters and then there were the uh, Regiments of Renown. Yeah, the 5th the edition book wasn't really uh, an army of sorts. It was it was more it was a much better place to just grab a unit from than try and yeah. make a coherent right. army out of. Yeah. And I do mm-hmm. like that they were they eventually got that treatment with sixth edition that, that they could become an actual army of their own. Definitely agree with the duelists. Vespero's Vendetta, I know it wasn't like a good unit, but it looked so good. Oh, Those models were oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Onwards to the dwarfs. First, we have Belagar Iron Hammer, who appeared in 8th, alongside Grim Burloxen from the same era. Then we have Iron Drakes, the Gyro Bomber, both from 8th, Alaric Ranulfson from mm-hmm. 6th edition, King Cazador, Crag the Grim, Burlock Damison, all from 4th edition, and that is our list. It's mostly characters, yeah. uh, because the the dwarfs had a pretty stable roster of units that went from like third all the way to to the end. I had a little bit of trouble with this one, just because I'm not a dwarf player and I don't really know much about the units. So I actually I went further back in time for this one, and I chose the Goblobber. Uh, from like old cool. hammer yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's a beautiful machine and mm-hmm. i love the idea of fighting orcs and goblins with a goblobber because both sides would be hurling goblins at each other in different ways and that if that's not warhammer i don't <laughs> know or want yeah. to know what warhammer yeah. is because it's just yeah. too good so yeah that that was mine i went off book for that one awesome uh scott you've been known to dwarf a time or two yes it's I think this would be my first first eighth edition pick. No, I had the the High Beast Master actually just now. But I I'm a huge Belagar Belagar fan because of the lore. I mean the dude, the poor dude defending that keep. Oh, it's a nasty over. piece it's, of the lore. It, the more you read into it, the more you're just like, this is horrible. Yeah, this is it, so awful. It it's another prime example of how harsh the life of a dwarf is, and why they're so rugged and hardy. Um, they just beat up all the time and they're surrounded by morons orcs <laughs> it's just like oh the the life of a dwarf yeah. um his re- his revenge incarnate rule is oh i used it it's super fun did you, do you guys know that one no no i'm not familiar so, at all once per game at the start of any close combat he can double his attacks oh my it's fun wow yeah and for anyone who might not know uh Belagar is 
the lord of Karak Eight Peaks, yep. where the dwarfs have secured the upper levels uh, and are living in a permanent state of siege yeah. because of uh, Skarsnik, the the goblin warlord, who is just the Warhammer fantasy personification of like a psychopath uh, and a war criminal, basically. Yep. <laughs> like he yeah, is the no, worst yeah. goblin it of all the, the goblins you don't want to meet. Skarsnik is absolutely it's, the worst. He's, he's so crazy. He is crazy. He's a great character, but yeah, I, I think you've got a great pick there, Scott, with Belagar. He's great. Yeah. He, he, and he's like, not the, he's not super, he's old, but not as old as some of the other dwarves. He's kind mm. of like, um, well, what's the, Dwarves live a long time, so he's like mid mid age, I guess. Yeah, yeah. GJ, how do you uh, find the dwarfs? I was going for Ulrich Renolfsson, um, basically just because uh, I, it's a lovely model. It's uh, the dwarf lord with a big axe uh, being held aloft by two shield bearers. Uh, mm. He's got his own book of grudges with him. Uh, so yeah, very dwarfy. And I think he should have appeared in more than one edition. I mean, the model was still around mm -hmm. as a generic dwarf lord um, right. uh, with shield bearers, but uh, he... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he, he has my vote. Nice. I think 100%. that's a great choice. I, Even I just on is. strength of model, yeah, he is true. beautiful. Yeah. The dwarf lords were top-notch, 100%. And I loved all of the little things they could stand on. So they had their oath stones, they had their shield bearers, they had the throne of power. There was all sorts of ways to to have your dwarf lords stand a little bit taller, and I, I loved all those. I thought they were really great. They're, they're a reason why I will tell you this quote really quick. The newer player that's coming into our group, Andrew, mm -hmm. he said this as he's going through the 6th edition stuff. Uh, he was a kid when he first saw it. And he just said to me, this scratches an itch that Age of Sigmar and 40k just doesn't. And the more we talk about what we're talking about, it, it, I realize why that is. It's just, it's there's nothing like it. You can just dive in. Mm -hmm. Great fantasy. Next up is everyone's, well, no, probably not everyone's favorite. I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> uh, the largest, most powerful nation of men in the old world, the Empire. And here we have the Witch Hunter, who appears in 8th edition, the Demogriff Knights, who appear in 8th, Reichsguard on foot, who appear in 4th ed, the Celestial Hurricanum and the Luminarch of Hish, who both appear in 8th edition, the Warwagon, Magnus the Pious, Supreme Patriarch Thyrus Gorman, Alderbrand Ludenharf, Boris Toddbringer, Vladimir von Rakov, all from 4th edition. Then we have the Kislev Boyar, Kislev Kossars, Gryphon Legion, and Tsar Boris, from their supplement in 6th edition. And that is all. This is quite a list here. <laughs> that, that is all, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, you just, you slam Warwagon, right? It's it's Warwagon. That's the answer. That's, <laughs> you want to see, see an 8th edition Warwagon. Everyone wants to see that. That would have been beautiful, glorious, and probably a little bit too big, but it would have been wonderful. Uh, it's the Warwagon. Final answer. <laughs> That's good. I never actually. That was not like. Yeah, there just was a lot. Like, did you? Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Halflings were in fifth edition, and Dogs of War. Does that is that because Dogs of War is an army book? Is that how you do it? How we're doing this? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I I, I colored half halflings and dwarves and ogres and, and stuff like okay. that. I colored in yellow because they are they only appear in this army in this edition. 
Right. But you could also take halflings in sixth edition uh, right. Dogs of War. Dogs of War. Okay. So yeah. they yeah they are sort of semi limited to one edition. Right. So, they would be yeah. my instant pick if that were the yeah, on the list. But um, I went with Witch Hunter. Um, okay. For obvious reasons, the Witch Hunters are iconic, but mm-hmm. also interesting. Yeah, another eighth edition pick. The first time I ever played against a Witch Hunter, I charged Manfred von Karstein into a witch hunter because you know witch hunters have two wounds i flood my rolls and the witch hunter killing blowed manfred oh it that's was good. <laughs> the most wild thing i've ever seen in warhammer uh, of a single combat on the first it was the first round as well and yeah. uh i looked at my friend i was like this did not just happen <laughs> no way <laughs> it was unbelievable i'll never forget that so the witch hunter definitely stands out in my mind Awesome. In my soul. <laughs> Crushing. How about yeah. you, GJ? I have to agree with both of you. I had the War Wagon as my first pick when I was making this list. And I thought, no, somebody else is going to mention it. And it is <laughs> a very iconic model. But, well, at least in 4th edition, you shoot one of the horses down and you've basically got a... Uh, more or less immovable uh, siege tower with <laughs> like two, two guns on it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not doing much. So uh, so I also went with the Witch Hunter, and this is purely for fluff reasons as well. I love the role that uh, Witch Hunter Matthias plays in uh, Dark Omen, and I would have loved to see him as a playable character. Ooh, uh, I got at some point a... Well, do you know uh, Firefly the series? Oh yes, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's this um, model, and I painted him up a little bit to look like um, Mel, the the captain oh, yeah. of, uh, cool. of Serenity, and he looks also a bit like Witch Hunter. But I don't remember from which game system he is. I got him somewhere at a at a game convention at some point. It's, it's uh, maybe huh. it's like War Machine. Is that a thing? Oh, probably. Was that, yeah. was that a that thing? Some point. Well, uh, I always wanted to play him, uh, but there were never rules for a witch hunter. And then 8th edition came, and they have rules for a witch hunter. So mm-hmm. now I can awesome. finally put that painted model to use, even mm-hmm. though I never have yet. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, I'll just mention as a parting honorable mention, the Reichsguard on foot were beautiful, beautiful oh. models. I love them. They Thank never really that. functioned yeah. in 4th edition, but they would have been great to see move on. So that's one I, I just wanted to say. Just yeah. just on I, pure looks alone, they were gorgeous. I, think I totally forgot about that. That is a definitely an honorable mention, for sure. All right. That would have been my third pick if we <laughs> yeah. ever got that far. Now, back to the elves. This time, the high elves. And we have the anointed of Azurian and the lore master of Hoth, both from 8th edition the Lotharan Seahelm and the Handmaiden of the Everqueen, both from 8th edition. The Flamespire Phoenix, the Frostheart Phoenix, the Sisters of Averlorn, also from 8th edition. And finally, Generic High Elf Warriors from 4th edition. And I had a quick question for you on this one, GJ. And so the, the Handmaiden of the Everqueen was a hero model is that right yeah i believe so okay do you remember the like the handmaidens unit of... yeah that was a unit indeed mm-hmm. was that in that must have been in multiple editions right yeah um, i just didn't see it on here because it was going to be my pick and then yeah. i was like oh no darn no the handmaidens uh, well you got the ever queen i believe in 
Alarial. Yeah, you, you got her Alarial, in fifth yeah. and in eighth edition. And uh, I believe that the Handmaidens, or what are they called? I thought they were in eighth, eighth as well. Edition. Or is that, am I thinking of Sisters of Avalorn, maybe? Yeah, maybe maybe they are. Maybe this is Sisters of Avalorn then. Yeah. Well, it's, it's no worries. I, I just, uh, they were, I, I'll mention them as an honorable mention because I, I don't know yeah. if they, because they might have been in like fourth and fifth. Right. Uh, they're, they're one that I wasn't 100% sure on. I mentioned those because they were just beautiful models. I loved having Alariel and the Handmaidens on the battlefield. Her, Marathi, and Ariel form this really interesting kind of triumvirate of mm-hmm. kind of, uh, basically elf queens, right? I mean, her and, and Ariel are, are queens of the High Elves and Wood Elves each. And then Marathi is in all but name, basically, the queen of the Dark Elves. Uh, she, she has at least as much influence. And I, I love, like, they're all such incredible characters they're they're some of my favorite characters in in the entire setting and i love when they're represented on the battlefields which uh isn't all that often unfortunately but mm-hmm. i'm gonna go ahead and i'm actually gonna pick the lore master of hoth i thought yeah. that was an awesome model i love really cool the the whole lore around the tower of hoth and having a model that was kind of this hybrid sword master sorcerer was really neat it was fun to see a, a wizard that could fight a bit again uh, after the the big uh, nerf of of sixth ed that's to true. wizards, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I'm gonna go for for high elves. GJ, how about you? I well, I made this list a couple of weeks ago, and for some reason, I highlighted the regular bog standard high elf warriors. But for the life of me, I can't remember why. It's probably three a.m., bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> High elves and dark elves, they, they are sort of like mirror opposites. And dark elves, they do have their bleak swords, they're called, in 8th edition. So the the elves with the swords. Mm. And for your elf warriors, I think maybe I, I just selected them because they are more or less a little bit versatile. If you look at high elf warriors and high elf spearmen, they are the same unit, same stats. And uh, they are three points different. Uh, Spearmen are 12 points and the warriors are nine points. But you can equip the warriors with um, light armor for two points per model and spears for another one point per model, making them the same. And they can also have additional hand weapons. And I think that was the reason why I selected them. Elves with additional hand weapon. That's something you don't see. No. Yeah, like war dancers would be the next... Yeah. Yeah. War dancers. Oh my god. I forgot war dancers. Okay, sorry. I made a note of war dancers because war dancers were in both the high elf and the wood elf lists in third edition in Old Hammer and oh, the high elves that. lose oh, them. Oh, nice. Uh yeah. and I wanted to mention that as uh, an honorable mention slash a pick for me because I would have loved to have seen the high elves keep war dancers, but they know different dances because they're they're right. you know they're in I different cultures, talking uh, like dancing yeah, yeah. with different gods in the mix and things. I think that would have been so so cool. Yeah, um, that's right. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, so uh, my pick was going to be high elves with additional hand weapons. Nice, that's a great pick. Cool, Scott. I'm I'm with the Ever Queen. Nice. I've, I've used her, played against her. Uh, she was my first character in Total War. Using her. Oh, okay. Very, it's, oh man, I was so addicted. She just heals. She's so good. <laughs> <laughs> she just like really fun. I, I really like Total War for that where I felt like the offensive characters weren't as fun as like the life wizards and healing. 
Mm. I love healing in that game. It's it feels maybe more powerful than offensive, uh, which is rare. So yeah, I, I like the Ever Queen. Um, painting the um, uh, the resin model was a little tricky because you had to. Well, first of all, the fail cast was hard on you because she she was when you bought her she was kind of bent. Oh, so yeah. we had to put her yeah. under like hot water and rebend her. So there was a lot, there was a lot of TLC that went into that model. So I think it's just history as well. All right, gentlemen, let's go and hang out in Lustria for a bit. We're talking lizard men. We don't have a big list for them. We have the ever infamous Skink Cold One Riders from Fifth Edition. Is that all we need to? We don't need to talk about anything. Yes. Else. <laughs> uh, Bastilodon from Eighth Ripperdactyls from Eighth. <clears throat> the troglodon from eighth and then from fifth edition we have croc not croc gar but the yeah, special croc. character croc uh lodal bodal <laughs> inixi huanzini itsy bitsy <laughs> and tenahini all right. from fifth edition and i think they are pronounced inksy winksy or something like that like, like those inksy winksy itsy bitsy teeny weeny <laughs> but but uh, i later discovered that teeny weeny had been renamed to tina howen or something yeah. because i yeah. think they veered away from those uh like the joke names the joke names yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you know what it's funny i've never seen the teeny weeny before <laughs> like I, i've always and i think because i've got the pronunciation of both in my head so my brain wants to autocorrect it as something in between those two because they did change his <laughs> name yeah for yeah for later uh, publications. This one, honestly, for me, it's the Bastilladon. I would have loved to have seen the Bastilladon in Hero Hammer, just slightly smaller. I just love the idea of it. Like the, but, it's, it's an yeah. Aztec crystal laser gun so cool. on the back yeah. of an Ankylosaurus. I'm, I'm there. Take my yep. money. hundred yep. uh, percent. The characters were fine. And Ixie Huanzi uh, is, uh, one that I would have liked to have seen because he had his sweet horned one mount. Other than that, I can take or leave most of the other ones. Uh, this, the skink cold one riders were a mistake. I don't know. Uh, no, there, there was no point in continuing the skink cold one riders, unfortunately. Scott, what were your thoughts on the list? Well, the funny thing is that those little cold one riders affected my choice being the troglodon making up for it because it's a skink on a mount but it's bad ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. 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 I really like the model. It's a good um, one. And it's weird. It's a functionality. It's functionality is weird because it's not a character or wait, is it, it is a character. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. It is a character. <laughs> it's a, but it's, it doesn't dismount though. Like the, the, the skink on top is almost like a, um, it doesn't follow the same rules. Right, right. It was it's one of those kind of late ones where they just like combine the profiles. Correct, yeah. 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 Which is it was rare for that size of a monster. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's really cool. Uh, GJ. I do want to go with one of those special characters from Fist Edition that you so carelessly discarded, Nathan. <laughs> um, I thought which he was is... careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, carefully discarded. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, Itsy Bitsy, uh, not just for the name, but also because, uh, well, he's a skin hero and he has uh, a nice uh, scaly skin save. He's called Blooded, but he has a, a spell within him and that spell that he can only cast it once per battle 
and it causes all enemy units within uh, 8 inch to make an immediate back test on 3 dice and you have to discard the lowest. And if you're thinking about Panic in 5th edition, this could cause your, uh, like a chain reaction that would send the entire enemy army running off the table. Hmm. So, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, he's 105 points and I would love to try him out in a 5th edition game sometime. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to give him a closer look. Cool. Now it's time for some ogres. Make some ogre sounds for Bragg the Gutsman and the Firebelly, both of 8th edition, the Mournfang Cavalry and the Iron Blaster, the Stonehorn and the Thunder Tusk, also of 8th edition. So we're, we're just on 8th edition units here. Oh, yeah. And... There's only two Ogre Kingdoms books, so it's a little bit like Bretonia here. If there was one thing that I would have liked to have seen in the earlier era, and this is just for no other reason than it would have been fun, the Stonehorn or the Thund Thunder Tusk, I know they're a combined kit, so I'm going to kind of include both of them here, because, man, can you imagine that thing in metal? Just, <laughs> oh it would be God. like four pounds. Oh. It would have been the most hateful thing in the world to build. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it would have been great. I love it as a model. I love it as a mount for ogres. I think it was a really cool addition to the fluff, both of those creatures. And yeah, I would have liked to have seen them in 6th edition just to, to see how Games Workshop would have dealt with the, the size and scale of this thing. Otherwise, I'm actually pretty happy with both the 6th ed and the 8th ed ogre book. I thought they were mm -hmm. both pretty good and um, I don't think Mornfang Cavalry needed to be around in 6th edition. I think that's a little bit too much. <laughs> You're just reminding me, if any, uh, any of you out there want to pick a fight with Nathan's Ogres, watch the heck out. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> the Mornfang Cavalry are real good. They're just so really crazy, really yeah. 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 Uh, Scott, mm -hmm. what about you? I absolutely adore the Firebelly sculpt. Uh, oh, he's good, yeah. It's one of my favorite sculpts. Of all of 8th edition models, actually. Him and the Ogre Ninja, I just love them. I adore those models. The Firebelly, I mean, I think the Firebelly sculpt is pretty timeless. It could be in any game era. It just, it would be cool. It mm. just looked cool in any time, I think. Yeah. Uh, GJ. I have selected the Mornfang Cavalry uh, just because they are so good and because it's ogre cavalry and that's something that i would have loved to see in hero hammer it g gave me a real <laughs> fifth edition feel just <laughs> putting ogres on big rhinoceroses so yeah nice um, i hadn't thought about it in hero hammer and that would be quite a look i would love <laughs> to see that especially with the classic ogre look where they wasn't uh they hadn't had that kind of redesign of of that like being like the big kind of fat dudes they they were more of like kind of the classic like big nose like yeah big bully looking ogres i i think that would be awesome yeah all right good choices all around next up is the orcs and goblins so here we go we've got the forest goblin war boss from fourth then the forest goblin great shaman from fourth gatilla the hunter and snagla gobspit from eighth the forest goblin big boss from fourth the forest goblin shaman from fourth the forest goblins themselves. This is a theme here, also from fourth. <laughs> we have the Arachna Rock Spider from eighth, the Mangler Squigs from eighth, Gorfang Rotgut from fourth, Morglum Neck Snapper, and Ogluck the Orable, also from fourth. And that is all. 
For me, this one is just a, a pure pick of love and nothing else. Morglem Snapper, My hmm. favorite orc from the 4th Ed rulebook. It was the first orc general model that I ever had for my army. Nice. Uh, I wish I still had him. I've, I've been looking around for him. Unfortunately, he's, he's kind of pricey to, to find him on the secondary market, so I don't have him yet, but I will get him one day. He was pretty unceremoniously dumped for our uh, big boy Grimgor in later editions. I think there was only one room right. for one black orc war boss, but <laughs> yeah. Neck Snapper actually has a pretty important part in orc and goblin history. It was he who defeated the Bretonian errantry war that was trying right. uh, to wipe out the orcs and goblins around the world's edge mountains. Huh. And it was that defeat that actually caused the Bretonians to end that errantry war. I like him a lot. I thought his model was dope. I loved his boar with its uh, sweet, like battle plate helmet thing that it had going for it. He was just awesome from top to bottom. Yeah. TJ, how about you? I would have loved to see what Mangler Skips Quakes would do in earlier editions. Oh, yeah, that's a it's great just pick. So Night Goblin y just finds two big squakes, chain them together, and <laughs> send them off spinning in the right direction yeah. and hope that they will do some damage. To the other side. Awesome. Yeah, can't go wrong with squigs pretty much ever. Scott? Anything that you said about a forest goblin? Just any of those. <laughs> Just any and all? The whole range? <laughs> yes, the whole range. I that's I have a small force of forest goblins and I can't get enough of them. That that was my wish one day is to make a forest goblin army. So nice. Uh, nice. They're definitely like everyone has night goblin armies, so I'm kind of like going for the underdog a bit, but at the same time, I really like the idea of... It, my idea was like mix army of savage orcs and forest goblins. So you get the Ragnarok, you got the boar, savage boar boys, you got the savage shamans, you got the... It's just the... Every, anything that's <laughs> very little armor and uh, screaming, hollering. Uh, yeah, I love the forest nice nice gorgeous models that were super mm -hmm, yeah. fun as well you could have a lot of fun decorating their feathers and, and other trinkets yeah. and stuff with those i i totally see where you're coming from there glad uh, you mentioned them they should they should have been mentioned indeed mm -hmm. all right time to burrow down with the skaven we have tretch from 7th edition the doom flayer poisoned wind mortar and warp grinder all from 7th edition Squeal Gnaw Tooth from 7th, the Hell Pit Abomination and the Plague Claw Catapult also from 7th, and I should have just said 7th from all of them because that's where they're, they're wow. all unique from. That's true. Yeah, this for me, I wanted to go with one of the Wonder Weapons, and one of my favorite ones from that later era was the Doom Flare. I love that it was just this ball of spiky hate that they were driving or careening across the battlefield or through tunnels. I think that was a model that could have very well translated to the earlier era, specifically the Hero Hammer era. I would have loved to see what the early sculptors could have done with that. And mine is based entirely on aesthetics. I think it's a really cool model, and I would have loved to see what that earlier sculpt would have been. Uh, Scott, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to pick the, um, the Abomination. Nice. And I didn't like that. I didn't like it because it was so scary on the, like, I didn't like it in terms of what it did on the battlefield. It was this, one of the scariest units I've ever fought on the table. Oh, it was so good. It, it was so it's good. It's just like, <laughs> you, usually you go in to fight something and you can calculate 
okay, I just need to wound it this many more times. But the fact that the thing can regenerate and get back up is a nightmare. Yep. It, it cancels all of your plans for hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I have many games where I'm like, oh, how do I avoid that, that this game? Can I avoid that this game? What do I, Here's the tar pit of zombies that I hope to get in, you know. Oh, yeah. It, respect, respect. <laughs> fist, fist to chest, respect for sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, GJ, how about you? For me, it's uh, the special character Tretch Cravendale, um, because his rules are so very scavenly. One of them is, stay here, I'll get help. And you can <laughs> leave a unit at the most opportune time, and once per friendly turn... You can leave a unit, reposition himself in the flank of a flank of a friendly unit of clan rats of store or storm vermin within three d six inches. And if the world is not enough, then he has just scurried off the battlefield and is treated as a casualty. So it's just <laughs> he he's actually getting help, but it's just yeah, uh, that's priceless. Yeah, very nice, very scavenging rule, and and that's the mm-hmm. only reason that I uh, picked him as that rule. Great choice, peak scaven. That yep. rule I was not aware of, and it is hilarious that I put that up there with Scurry Away or yep. uh, Life is yeah. Cheap, where it's just, it's the essence of the army boiled down to a single rule. What a great choice. Off to the Nehekara for us. We've got quite a few things in the Tomb Kings. We have Katep, Nikaf, Apophis, Ramotep, the Necrotect, these are all in eighth, by the way, Necropolis Knights... The Kemrian War Sphinx, the Sepulchral Stalkers, the Hyrotitan, the Necro Sphinx, all from Aeth, and, fi- and then we have Nagash, Mummies, and Lich from 4th edition. A lot of stuff here, and uh, I've, I've done butchering the names at the top, so uh, my pick is going to be uh, a bit of a cheat, because I didn't know where else to put this. And I'm going to say the entire undead book from fourth edition. Yeah, <laughs> because my I, favorite. I, I yeah, did like it when they split the undead. I loved that fourth edition book, yeah. and I love like the Tomb Kings are awesome. They've got a great aesthetic. They've got a lot going for them. But I want to take mummies and vampires and all sorts of silly like universal monster movie monsters in one list, and I want yeah. to run it and. This is, I I had to mention it, Uh, doing it by our rules here, I think for me, it would probably be the mummies as a unit from 4th edition, Mm -hmm. because it was, it started the whole thing, right? And I I, I did a whole episode on mummies, because I love them so much. Yeah. And it's, they are the the genesis of this army, and I would have liked to have seen just a you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a unit of Nehekarin like lesser nobles, right? And it's it's a unit yeah. of like five to ten, say, uh, like something really beefy, like uh, Chaos Warrior Chosen, right? Where they're really expensive, but they just totally wreck things that are in their way. Right. And I would have loved to have seen the Tomb Kings get something like that, just some big chonky mummy boys to go wreck stuff. Uh, yeah, that's that's me, GJ. How about you? You're our yeah. resident Tomb Kings expert. Well, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I do love the Tomb Kings, and I have selected the um, uh, Hyro Titan. It's too bad they never got a model for this one, uh, although there is someone on Etsy selling some lovely legs that you can make your own, which is what I did. 
And the uh, Hyro Titan is just basically a large locus for magical powers. It can, uh, it, it gives you some bound spells in eighth edition. It gives you uh, extra power dice, um, and it's also well, it, it's basically a, a sort of like a giant as to the stats. So yeah, something like that, a big undead beastie, undead construct. I would have loved to see something like that in 6th edition. They do have the Bone Giant, but that's for combat, and this one is for magic, so that's why I right. uh, selected it. Gotcha. All right. Scott, how about you? Yeah, I, had, had to go, I mentioned it earlier at the beginning, but uh, I had to go with my boy Nagash. Ah, uh, yeah. Just, I think, I think I spent more time looking at that page in the 4th edition book of him, like, raising the dead. It's such a cool photo. It stands in my mind forever. But yeah, I mean, sure, they, they, they made a supplement for him. They didn't do him justice. They made him too powerful, of course, and end times, blah, blah, blah. There was no real reason for me to ever take him nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse's rules were better that we created together. It kind of dumbed him down a bit. And it was really fun to play. You want to see the model on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really fun to play him. I think that's where my excitement for Age of Sigmar kind of makes sense. That's where his home is now kind of thing, where that, the rules for him in the end times were kind of going towards that. You can see that in the rules. Yeah, um, yeah. How they were, they were uh, evolving into that AOS system. Yeah, those, those end yeah. times models were designed more with AOS in mind yeah, than exactly. with the Warhammer in mind, which made sense because they were ending Warhammer for it. Yeah, I, I think kind of I... wish that they go back in time more, like with Old Hammer, just to get a young Nagash. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, <laughs> go all the way back. He's still living. He's like, yeah. He was like, oh, I know what's yeah. coming for you. Yeah. You, yeah. You that'd be really your fun. Warp stone, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hit on the other undead, the vampire counts. So for them, we have the Coven Throne, the Crypt Horrors, the Hex Wraiths. And the Vargheists, all from 8th edition. The Terrorgeist, the Mortis Engine, both from 8th edition. Zacharias, or Zacharias, the Everliving. Wallach, Neferata, Melchior, and Ghosts. The three special characters are from 5th. The Ghosts are from 4th. Zacharias is from 6th ed. Oof, this, lots of cool stuff. This one is yeah. this one's almost too many good choices here yeah. because any of the special characters are fantastic, and I would have loved to see them go on. For me, this one was a real, a real toss up. I ended up going with Wallach here, and mostly because or Wallach, he was the blood dragon that infamously created the blood keep. And he's got a really big part in the Vampire Counts lore, especially their more recent lore. And I would have loved to have seen him. We didn't get a Blood Dragon special character at any yeah. point. And I think it would have been really nice to, to have seen that either in Hero Hammer or in the later eras. Just at any point, make a model for Wallace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have been great. So he is my choice there, but I don't think there's a wrong choice. Uh, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, Wallach was the whole reason why I played Blood Dragons. Why did they not make a model? It's tragic. <laughs> they made so many Blood Dragon models, but not Wallach. But not him, it's yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, it's odd. He was, he, this is the one of the uh, characters that made me 
I still, this is my favorite Warhammer book of all time. This Undead, this Vampire Counts book. You have Tuomas Prinnen and Alessio Cavatori. It's like two of the best writers they have doing this book. And the art by Blanchitsu, like, holy jobbins. I know it's separate from, it, it's not what you guys wanted where you separated the undead, but my God, they did it justice. Yeah. And the blood sure chalice, yeah. healing wounds. This book, oh, this book. Yeah, I, I love it. It's it's so good. Yeah, Wallach is my pick as well. All right. GJ. I do love how you both picked Wallach, but I'm going to say something different. And the reason for this is actually because they sort of retconned it. It's the uh, Mortis engine. Yeah. They say, uh, I believe in 8th edition, that they have been around all the time. So uh, I would have loved to have seen them be around all the time. Good choice. Um, nice model, too. I'm going to give you yeah. a tip, GJ, for the Warhammer Orchard, our rule set. The Mortis engine is an absolute amazing piece because we use the regeneration rules from 6th ed. And oh, it, wow. That's so much better. And it gives regeneration to anything within its bubble. Yeah. It's amazing. I've been dying for uh, someone to... I will lend someone my ghouls to play an entire ghoul army and with with a couple of mortis engines it would be so cool to see that regen you know obviously like the weakness is fire but the way i see it play out is the undead player with the mortis engines needs to target immediately the things that can give fire like that have the fire get rid of those and you can still have regeneration on certain things and basically win the game <laughs> yeah if they don't have fire it's game over it it's it's the whole regeneration thing in eighth it was lackluster where it's just it, it counts as a save like a ward save but yeah and it doesn't I, even stack with a ward save no yeah exactly and this is like a whole different realm sixth edition regen is different world yeah so yeah it'd be fun all right coming into the last couple here with the warriors of chaos so here we have the aspiring champion from sixth edition the hell striders from eighth the Chosen Knights from 6th edition, the Gore Beast Chariot from 8th, Skull Crushers, the Slaughter Brute, and the Mutilith Vortex Beast from 8th, Dechala and Valnir from 5th edition, both again special characters from Champions of Chaos. And this is one that I immediately w picked our ball. The undefeated, mm. and then realized, oh wait, no, he's in fourth edition as well. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. I had to, I had to go back, and for me of this list, it would be Dechala, and this is one that oftentimes I want to see things as they would have been in the Hero Hammer era. Right. I would have loved to see Dechala as she would have been in the eighth edition era with a brand new model, right, with the snake yeah. body, with the the forearms. I think they could have done such a, a great job with her uh games workshops female faces tend to be hit or miss but yep. she would probably have looked a little bit better than her her fifth edition model which probably, i like a lot yeah. but she's got a <laughs> she's got an odd face uh I will say <laughs> for that one valnir as a honorable mention for me just for to get him with a model would have been nice because he looked uh he had wayne england art in the champions of chaos book and he just looked so incredible with his crazy flail and stuff I would have liked to have seen him get a model, but those are my choices.
Uh, I was very much surprised that the Chosen Knights, uh, unless I'm much mistaken, only appeared in one edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those would have been my pick. Mm. Just because, um, well, if you are a Chosen of Chaos, then I would assume that you would also have the ability to get the best armor, the best mounts, uh, stuff like that, the best stats. So, right. yeah, Chosen Knights, I think. Uh, probably they were too powerful, but uh, they fit the fluff, and I think they should be in uh, more than one edition. Mm. And maybe the reason that you kind of remember them from any era is because they were so iconic when they were around in 6th yeah. edition. Like, they just dominated, and people feared them. <laughs> so that that is probably, uh, yeah, that's probably something to do with it. What about you, Scott? So, questions. Mm. Throg and Skyla, are they in more than one book? I thought they were in 7th and 8th. Yes. Oh, I didn't yeah, know they're Throg. both in 7th and 8th. I yeah. didn't know Throg was in 7th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I missed over And, and Skyla is actually in every edition except for 6th. For 6th, right. Cool. Um, I have a weird pick. Okay. <laughs> the Hellstriders. <laughs> Nobody likes them. <laughs> <laughs> I think they belong in fifth, like the models too, the way they look. I think they could easily fit into the older editions. They certainly could, yeah. Yeah. And in those older editions, you more frequently had things like mortals riding demonic mounts. Exactly. That's what I thought of. They actually speak to me as of like Realm of Chaos, like third ed almost. Of course, modernized, but I could see them very clearly in realm of chaos yeah that's that's a good point that's a good pick thanks all right gentlemen last one the wood elves so this is uh get ready for characters here. Uh, yeah no kidding <laughs> so we have araloth from eighth edition the wildwood rangers from eighth the sisters of the thorn from eighth then we have chariots from fourth Grothru, groth groth Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to say Groth, the Beastmaster, Ska the Falconer, Sio... Uh, man, Shylan? It's all Shylan? Yeah. It's Shia- all I'm going to say Shylan. Witchelwethel? God, these guys are killing me with this. Uh, Scarlock, <laughs> Lothlan, Thalandor, Nyeth, and Ariel. They're all from the 4th edition book, and I'm sorry that I've butchered your favorite character at me about it. <laughs> this is this is quite a list here. For me, this was straight up no contest Ariel. Uh, I've talked about her recently yeah. on the show. I yeah. I love the model. Yeah. I think she could have been she could have been one of the most beautiful models Games Workshop ever oh did if they God. released her in 8th edition. Dude, no, it's she'll come out in a, a, Age of Sigmar and she'll be like 20 stories tall. <laughs> I feel like she and Alariel actually like Dragon Ball Z fusioned yeah. in the end times, the, and they're like the, the Beetle Lady. Yeah, yeah, they became the Alariel that is yeah. the Age of Sigmar one, I think. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen just something completely resplendent for her. Uh, and she's she's so pivotal to the lore that I mm-hmm. think it was a, a shame that she got left out. Yeah. Uh, Scott. So I have interesting things here. I uh, one of them is like things that i found out in eighth edition when i was playing this unit the wild riders um yeah i'll just talk about them real quick the wild riders my first appearance with those okay i'm like cool they're fast cavalry they can move so i charge them into my opponent's unit i only had five of them i think i still only have 
five or ten of them. But yeah, I charged them in, and I'm like, oh, uh, okay, so I have two attacks, three... T- what? They hit, like, a freight train. I didn't notice how many attacks at first they had. And then until I went, did the math and charged into my uh, opponent, and it was like, I think it was something like four attacks each or something. Or th- I can't remember exactly wow. the math. But, yeah, I was just... I love this, the models, too. They're, you know, they represent... Uh, is it Kernos? Yeah. Yep. Kern- yeah. yeah. And the, the Wild Hunt, right? I just love them. And painting them was super fun. I used, like, a green-silver. Really beautiful. Um, really into those. And a funny mention, I will say, is I'm really happy they don't have Wood Elf Chariots anymore. Because I found it ludicrous that you run a chariot through the forest. A thick, thick forest. That was my comment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you, mate, and that's the reason why the Wood of Chariot would have been my pick. Right. Because it's so... Well, they didn't even have a model. They had a kit where you have some high elf and some Wood of components. Yeah. And, well, yeah, of course, you have in the... Even in the woods, you have glades and stuff like that. Of course. There's, there's that, they even talk about valleys and stuff, but I don't care. It's like, here, let's put some camo on this uh, chariot, you know? It's like... <laughs> Yeah, well, I picked it because I think, especially with Eighth uh, Edition and the shenanigans they pulled off there in mind, you can do some really nice things with a chariot. Like maybe do uh, something like the the bunny sled that Radagast drives in the Hobbit. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love something that. Something like that. It, it goes through through woods and everything. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that idea. Yeah. Nice. I love, yeah, I love I that high elf chariot with the the eagles, eagle claw chariot. I think it's oh, yeah. beautiful. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. Still need me a couple of those. They cost you an arm and a leg nowadays. Oh mm. yes. And that's if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, gentlemen, we have reached the end here. Fun little discussion about the uh, one hit wonder units. There's a lot of them, and maybe more than. I think we realize just as players who played through a lot of editions, you kind of think of something and you're just like, oh yeah, that's part of the roster. And you're like, or was it? Or was it just in one book once kind of thing? So as I mentioned before, some of these did get rules in White Dwarf or those kind of things, but we're just straight looking at army books because for a lot of people, the army books kind of were the be all and end all. White Dwarf, not always the easiest to get if you don't live near a hobby shop or a games workshop. And if you're not into just collecting a, you know, eight, nine dollar magazine every month. <laughs> I do tend to, to think of the army books as kind of the official sources and then the White Dwarf as as kind of the, the bonus stuff that you got if you were lucky enough to buy the the issue that it was in. That's going to do it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed this one, and tell us what is your favorite one-book wonder, or what unit do you feel most embodies the uh, one-and-done methodology for Games Workshop. There's a lot that could have returned, and a lot that was maybe of its era, and perhaps was fine that it was only ever in a single publication. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to The War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, 
please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The Wargames Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com.